0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network George Bowen He's got it England have won the World Cup by
1: the barest of margins Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match
2: Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Should we rename this Groundhog Day instead? Because it seems like the same thing's happening time after time in these test matches. Certainly the last three anyway. England winning the toss, not batting very well. At least they managed to get over 200 this time, whereas they didn't even get 200 in two innings in the last test at Ahmedabad. But you do fear for their futures uh, with only 205 on the board in India, 24 for one, don't you, Simon?
1: I've got a question for you, Yoz. Pro rata, was this England's most disappointing batting day of the series? Okay, they did get over 200, but they won the toss. The pitch was not not too bad at all, actually, for the first day. When you compare it certainly with the last two test matches. So was this England's most disappointing batting day of the series so far?
2: I think probably you're right about that, actually. Uh, I think
1: that that, that they obviously should have made more
2: runs in in Chennai in the first innings in Ahmedabad, in the the third test. But that pitch was worse. uh, Certainly the last test, the ball was exploding off a length, really, from just after lunch. uh, Well, just after the first session, anyway. And it was very difficult to bat on that pitch. I mean, England only got 120-odd. They should have got probably 170, maybe. But here as uh, ben stokes actually who we'll hear from shortly he does say that it was a 300 pitch so england 100 runs short i mean it always is is a problem when you're 15 for 2 isn't it uh, especially in the subcontinent really where you know the spinners are, are going to come into it more and more as the day and and the and the pitch wears on uh, so You've got to make runs, you've got to get a good start and you can allow one wicket maybe against the new ball but 15 for two was a, was a disappointing start. And you think about it, if England had made say 70 or 80 for two uh, with one opener gone early and then you know the numbers sort of three and four coming in when the score was close to 100, probably England would have got 300.
1: Yeah, Sibley and Crawley out to to Patel. I mean, n- n- neither dismissal, really. It was much to do with the bowler. It was really batsman error. We've seen Crawley go over the top before. He did it against Embaldenya in Sri Lanka with the, with the same result. He holed out to uh, deep mid-off. And Sibley bowled through the gate sort of via an inside edge. They'll be glad, I think. Well, certainly Dom Sibley probably glad to, to get away from the, the trial by spin uh, in India, 15 for two. And, of course, then it was 30 for three. Root was out to the first ball after the drinks break, and actually we talk about spin, but actually Mohammed Siraj... Uh, played his part with two early wickets, two top-order wickets. He got rid of Root. He really did pin him LBW, and then Bairstow LBW as well. That was one of those sort of marginal ones. You could argue that Gill got a marginal one later with uh, Anderson taking the wicket, and Bairstow got a marginal one, sort of just clipping the top of middle stump. At least that one, I suppose, you know, was straight, if you, if you sort of mean the Gill one was sort of quite leg-sidish, but you know, clipping the leg stump. Um, so one for the bowler there for Anderson and one for Siraj against Bairstow. But, you know, Siraj bowled well, and there, there's something in this pitch. Or there was at the start uh, for the pace bowlers and England in this game. They have got Jimmy Anderson and they've got Ben Stokes, who's not actually that well, um, but a key member of this England side. Of course, balances it and was the leading run scorer today. So in a way, you could say you know he really stood up and played his part. If he, you know not feeling well, but still able to to tough it out there for 121 balls and and 55. But to, to me, and I'm sure England feel this as well. It, it feels like a a missed opportunity, a really big missed opportunity in this test match.
2: Yeah, it is hard, isn't it, when you're you're having, as you say, a, a trial by spin. It's worse than, in some ways, it's worse than uh, facing pace bowling because it feels like an interrogation. You know, with people round the bat and the wicketkeeper very close to you, uh, you know, verbaling all the time, sort of chundering away. And the the, the all, I think another thing about that's difficult about playing spin is you've got less time. Although it's supposed to be slow bowling, you've got less time to correct your mistakes because the ball is pitching closer to you than a, a faster bowler. So although the ball is coming faster from a faster bowler, it's pitching shorter and you can adjust. But if you make a mistake against spin, the ball's through you. It's only pitching perhaps a yard in front of you and if you do line it up wrong, there's no chance of really correcting the, the bat path or getting your leg in a different position or you know somehow shifting your weight because everything's happened and it, it, it's finished. And I just think that the intensity of playing spin when the ball is turning and there's people around the bat and there's, there's bowlers sort of glaring at you and there's very little time between balls as well to sort of collect your thoughts. Mm. The bowler only having a sort of short short run up. So. It's 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 really hard work and and
1: very demanding. Yeah, and it, and it does sort of eat away at you probably as well as a, as a batting side. If you if you're having failure after failure and the the pitches are are quite difficult and they have been very difficult so far, certainly in that sort of middle two test matches. I don't know whether you come into the game, you know, in, in very confident mood. And and so what happened today was not inevitable, but it was sort of a result of what's happened before the ball didn't do as much today there's no doubt about that this, this was a, a reasonable very reasonable first day batting pitch mohammed siraj afterwards said you know it's a batting pitch and and i think that's the fear for england from here they've been although they've got their their highest score since the first innings of the first test actually it, it just feels way below and you, you you can see a scenario from here i'm sure everybody can see it you know of india and that they did sort of dig in uh, tonight in the final session they had 12 overs to bat and they scored 24 runs and Jimmy Anderson bowled five maidens but you can see them inexorably uh, putting together a decent first inning score and if India get the 300 that that is is considered on this surface to be the pass score in the first innings you know suddenly you're 100 runs behind on first innings you're having to bat third and by the time that happens then you'd imagine the ball will be spinning far more than it has on on the first day so it, it from, from England's perspective it's it's quite a gloomy picture. Of course, they could change that right? The, the game of cricket confines us all sometimes, doesn't it? And you, you think it's going to go one way, and then suddenly it goes completely differently another way, we saw that Headingley, remember that 2019, I remember saying on the, the second morning after Australia were bundled out for about 170 whatever it was, in the first innings so that Headingley test match, the sun was shining at Headingley uh, the pitch had dried out, what an opportunity for England to, to bat the day, to get a big lead and, and to take control of the test match, of course that didn't happen they were, they were pulled out for under 100, but we know what happened after that, you know the game turned around again so you never quite know in the, in the game of cricket what's, what's going to happen, but there's a, just sort of, the way the series is going at the moment you just sense that right. that have that feeling that India are going to get a reasonable you know a, a big enough lead anyway
2: what you have to do on these surfaces is is get as many balls as possible on the stumps and even if they're just clipping the stumps and I think that's where someone like Mohamed Siraj is valuable I also think Mark Wood would have been useful on this pitch uh, a skiddier Pace bowler, not tall, the taller the, the bowler, the way the ball sort of sticks in the pitch and doesn't sort of particularly tax the batsman, so Shant Sharma today wasn't particularly effective, but uh, Siraj sort of bustling to the wicket, hurling them down, the ball sort of skidding off the pitch and getting through the batsman's defences without going over the top of the stumps, Johnny Best a little bit unlucky maybe that the one he was out to, given out to was just clipping, mm. but was a good example of the effect of a, of a quickish bowler who can make the ball just dart back at the batsman and threaten the stumps. So I think Wood would have been good on here. And, you know, it's going to be a huge uh, operation for... Anderson's going to have to lead the attack. Stokes not that well. Uh, Stokes might be effective, actually. He might get some reverse swing. Leach looks OK uh dominic best started poorly with a no ball and a long hop in his first over so it, it's not looking great for england really uh if they don't if it feels to me like if they don't bowl india out for under 275 their history really
1: yeah well even if it's 260 that's still a sort 50 60 run lead uh, yeah you think england possibly back in the game if that happened uh, i would say for England to have a significant chance in this game, they're going to have to bowl India out for a about their score. Or, you know, if you're being really greedy for, for under it, you know, under under 200, is that going to happen? Well, it looks long odds against it at the moment. What about Ben Stokes today, then? He, he's had his trials, hasn't he, in, in this series, mainly against Ravi Chandran Ashwin. He, well, it's not just in this series, but he's had his trials against Ravi Chandran Ashwin in the past as well. Uh, there was the, some early chunter involving him and and Virat Kohli. Mohammed Siraj afterwards said, you know, he abused me and Kohli stepped in. Uh, I don't actually know how Mohammed um, Siraj would, would know necessarily that uh, Stokes had abused him, uh, although you might get it from the body language. Because it's my understanding that Abhishek Jujanwala who was with us today on the on the cricket station on the BBC, said Siraj doesn't speak English. So anyway, there was that altercation, and Siraj said to. Coley, he abused me and Coley stepped in and there was a sort of quite a forthright chat uh, in the middle uh, before lunch early on in Stokes, his innings between the two of them. Uh, Stokes dug in and, and made 55. He was actually looking pretty secure. And then he, he just sort of got out in the way that he's often, it seems, got out in... Indian conditions that it was the, it was a straight on and the straight ball for actually Washington Sundar this time and Stokes he, he didn't even want to review it. Ollie Pope said, "Come you now, I think you should think about it." And Stokes said, "No, no, no, I'm out. There's no point reviewing this." And he he was absolutely right. pinned LBW. Mm. Same uh, way he was out in the last test actually to to
2: Ashwin. I I think he's got a problem uh, uh, about playing off spin, and you know it's clearly borne out by statistics. I think Ashwin's got him 11 times, hasn't he? Uh, he doesn't play uh, down the line of the stumps with the bat. He he plays sort of outside the line of of, of the stumps, and he keeps his pad inside the line. and it's it's partly due to this whole DRS thing with the stumps now being wider in the the umpire's imagination and them giving out uh, batsmen who are padding away the ball when it, in the olden days they would have said not out, benefit of the doubt and all that, and ball clipping the stumps is given out. You know, this one just slid on with the arm, Stokes playing probably for a little bit of turn and getting pinned LBW and the ball would have clipped leg and he knew that and that's why he didn't review it. Actually, I had an interesting uh, email uh, the other day from a guy who coaches Stokes at the Rajasthan Royals, a guy called Zubin Baracha, who we've had on this show actually in the past, Mm. who's a former first-class player in India and a a very bright thinker on the game. And he actually alluded to um, a man who played in the 1770s called Shock White of Reigate, uh, who came out with a bat uh, two foot wide. And and just played straight uh, with this wide bat, and nobody could get him out. Uh, And and actually, surprise, surprise! It it caused yeah, it caused the the introduction of the third stump. In those days, there were only two stumps: uh, a an off and a leg leg stump. There was nothing in the middle, and so he just put his bat sort of roughly in the middle, uh, this two foot wide bat. And and as I say, nobody could get him out. Not not surprisingly, but. What Zubin's point was, was that, and interesting, interestingly, that was exactly 250 years ago, by the way. It was in 1771 when Shockwhite played this way. And um, what his point, Zubin's point was, play down the line of the stumps with your bat. Stop the straight ball from getting you out. If it goes past the edge and outside off, who can, it doesn't matter. You know, it's missed the bat, it's missed the edge, uh, it's, it's missed the wicket. That You're still in. Whereas if you miss the straight one, you're gone, whether you get bold or LBW. So you've got to use that bat as the first line of defence, play down the line of middle and off, say. And I don't think Stokes always does that, uh, particularly against off spin, It's a technical issue which
1: has caused him a lot of problems. OK, we said we're going to hear from Ben Stokes. Uh, let's do so now. I spoke to him after today's play
0: we're more than capable of scoring, you know, at least 300 on a wicket like that out here. Um, so, yeah, um, frustrating, um, but can't dwell on it too much. Um, and it was nice to to get a wicket there at the end of the day.
1: Has it been difficult to sort of put behind you what happened in the previous two test matches, sort of as a collective batting unit?
0: Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we sit, we sit down as a group and, you know, we say we get rid of that. Um, they sort of try and put it all behind us but it is a lot easier said than done um,
1: you know but I think we early
0: on it was pretty apparent that we weren't going to get anything like we did on day one in the last test um, I felt early on this morning and this afternoon it was more the bounce that was an issue rather than the turning in um, but as the day got older the ball started to spin a little bit more But I think well I know overall it's a much better wicket than it was the last game we played here. Um, so, yeah, we're just disappointed not to see that.
1: Are you doubly frustrated because you got in and weren't able to go on, you personally? I was very frustrated that I'd spent two and a half hours, uh,
0: um, you know, playing for well, trying to avoid getting out to a straight ball, and then I ended up getting out to a straight ball. So,
1: that's, that's when I'm frustrated out it. And, and physically, how are you? Uh, the talk of a, a stomach upset, um, are you, you fully 100% fit to bowl and field and continue in the game? I won't go into details, but, uh, I've,
0: yeah, I've had better days.
1: And just one final thing from me, Ben, there was um, there were some words between you and Virat Kohli early on in your innings. Um, can you enlighten us on what that was about? but
0: two professionals showing that they care about the sport that they love and enjoy playing. Um, a lot gets said these days when, um, you know, two guys seem to come to words out in the middle. Um, completely nothing to warn as, as I hope that that's what was seen because it wasn't. Um, but yeah, that's just two blokes who, who care what they do. Um, And two guys who definitely
1: don't back down. What about England's team selection? For this match, they've gone sort of from one extreme uh, to the other. Last game, I know it was a pink ball test match, and they probably afterwards they admitted it. They thought the ball would do a lot more, and of course the game didn't last very long as well. So it's you know, in a way that sort of, that ploy didn't develop, and it, you know, there's a lot of spin out there, and it you know it was obviously a spinning pitch, and they left out Dom Best, so they went from effectively four seamers and one spinner plus Joe Root in this match to one frontline pace bowler plus Ben Stokes, who is not that well, as he mentioned in that interview there and and two spinners they sort of look a bit thin on bowling what what ha- what happens in a situation like this why, why why did that come about and you know Dan Lawrence came in at number 7 which is an sort of unusual position for a mainline batsman to be in really it happened uh, Paul collingwood came in at number 7 of course in that famous 2005 ashes test match remember england lost a, a bowler and they brought in Paul Collingwood as the replacement for Simon Jones which obviously is not like for light. they wanted to shore up their batting strength and their batting and it was you know they needed a draw to to win the ashes back in 2005 so what was what were England's thinking there because what was England's thinking there because of course they needed to win this game they need to win this game to to level the series is is that sort? Of, is that indicative of the way they're thinking uh, you know two spinners can do the job on this surface plus a bit of Jimmy and possibly you know a bit of Ben Stokes as well that's enough but we need to make the runs to to stay in the game is that, Is that what they were thinking? And and if that was what they were thinking, how sensible or flawed is that thinking?
2: Well, I think it is flawed. Uh, I think that the main thing that's flawed is their ability to read pitches uh, because they got the last one totally wrong. And I think they've got this one wrong. And you're much better off in most situations having a balanced attack. So that is two seamers, two spinners, an all-rounder. That's your ideal. Uh, and I don't understand why they didn't pick Bess the last test. And they were obviously proved uh, that that was a, a mistake, even though I know Bess isn't you know, the greatest off-spinner. But he, I'm sure, would have taken wickets in the last test match. Joe Root got five for eight, for God's sake. So surely Bess would have got some wickets. Now they've gone the other way and, and had... Really got no seamers, and I think this pitch w- will reward some good reverse swing. So they have got it wrong. I don't really see the point of having seven batsmen as well, because it's a bit like having six bowlers. You know, there's going to be one or two of them who just don't get enough to do. And seven batsmen, Lawrence at seven. I mean, actually, I thought he played well. In fact, well, that's I, the I, point. I, Is I thought it, Pope he and Lawrence 46. played really well. But you, 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 you almost. You, you, you've you got to rely on the top six to make the runs and then seven to 11 to help, obviously. And Ben Foulkes is a, a very good number seven, I would say. So I didn't quite get that. I think they're going to feel they are a bowler light, especially with a bit of illness around. And I think they're going to feel like that the seamers could do a job here, uh, as Mohamed Siraj has already proved. So it's a bit frustrating. And it, it's born partly out of, inability to read pitches, partly out of the availability, Archer not being available, uh, I suppose, for this test match. And also, just out of desperation, trying to reverse uh, uh, the oncoming tide, I guess.
1: You know, the situation on Joffre Archer, England confirming during the day's play, not before it, but during the day's play, that he's still got ongoing problems with his uh, sort of elbow uh, injury that he's had, his, his right elbow and his, his bowling arm. So he was at the test match. Uh, Chris Wokes, who's in the tour party for the first five test matches, he's come out of the bubble um, for this game and go back in for, for white ball cricket later so that, this was his time off so he was out as well the other options Stuart Broad didn't bowl much in the last game uh, Ollie Stone and and Mark Wood so there were pace bowling options for England even though they are without uh, Archer and Wokes uh, for this test match so the, the options were there but they chose to go with the the seven batsmen yeah uh, I've got a little
2: word for Pope and, and Lawrence so I thought it actually played really well I, I thought um, Ollie Pope today Countered or you know faced up to the problems that Ashwin has caused him by trying to get down the pitch, trying to get outside the line of the off stump, upset the bowler, it earned him a few uh, boundary balls which he took advantage of. Uh, I thought he played pretty well he 's a bit crabby in his stance, he gets a bit too hunched, I think, and he could look with being a bit more relaxed, but that might come with. A bit more confidence in in these circumstances, these uh, conditions, and and Lawrence too uh, played well. You know, uh, quite aggressive. In the end, he just got the execution wrong. Came down the wicket a bit too early. Uh, sort of slightly telegraphed it to the bowler who you know, dropped it short and got him stumped. But his sort of his proactivity at the crease was good. And Pope was really unlucky the way he got out, sort of slicing it between his legs and caught a short leg. So. I thought those two actually shaped up pretty well. and um, It was just that England didn't get enough runs at the top of the order and then just folded rather meekly at
1: the end. Yeah, that 30 for three problem, it, it just sets you back, doesn't it? You, it's, it's very hard to recover on a... Uh, Against that attack, that uh, relentlessness of that Indian attack, with just a bit, just a bit happening when you when you're 30 for three, just on uh, Pope and Lawrence, the, the two, uh, well, w- one dismissal and one non-dismissal. There was one that the Pope was out, and as you say, inside edge onto his back leg, and the ball banking up a short leg. I don't uh, first thing I don't think I've ever seen that happen before in those circumstances. No, it's, it's amazing what the game throws up. And then there was the the short leg catch. We thought there was going to be another sort of bizarre short leg catch when when Lawrence played it first onto the boot of the short leg fielder and the soft signal was out it ricocheted to Richard Pant who took the catch and another one of those tough decisions for the third umpire it was another one where if you look at it you think oh is the ball on the ground is it just has it just hit the, the toe of his boot? There'll be a lot of people who watched it saying, no, no, it clearly, clearly was on the ground. But I will refer you back to that uh, Tony Gregg video session, uh, the foreshortening that uh, the ball often looks as though it's on the ground uh, when it's not. Anyway, uh, in a way, you could under- totally understand the third umpire's decision, Anil tragedy in giving that not out. But it, it may well have been out, but perhaps he felt that, that it just wasn't enough uh, certainty, despite the soft signal uh, from the umpire. You no, know, it's just another one of those low-catch situations that, that television... Is not very good, I, I think, at, at clearing up. Is what television coverage these days is absolutely fantastic. Cricket, but it still hasn't worked out how to sort out the low catch, and it still hasn't uh, worked out how to show how fast or otherwise uh, the bowling is. But anyway, part, those are those are sort of nitpicking, really, because the TV coverage is, is um, generally speaking, excellent uh, these days, and we see so much, don't we? Um, it, it, it's fantastic. Anyway, there we go. Then yours, end of the first day. England 205, India 24 for 1. Any hope for England? Uh, we, we started on Groundhog Day at the start. Uh, any hope for England at all in this Test match? Yeah, no, why not? These
2: batsmen can make mistakes. I mean, you've got to think as a bowler, and I, I saw a little bit of swing for Anderson, who bowled immaculately. Uh, you know, Leach could get wickets on it as well. I haven't got a lot of confidence in Dominic Best. We've also got our secret weapon, Joe Root as well absolutely you 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 need nine good deliveries, and we could bowling in India out for two two forty why not i i I don't think it'll happen, but th- th- you've got to go out believing that it might on the following day. I tell you what will be interesting by the way um tonight we've got Marcus Truscothic in the virtual cricket club, who of course is going to be the England full-time batting coach from middle of March. I mean, quite interesting to, to see what uh, impact he can have. Anyway, he's joining us in the virtual cricket club tonight in aid of the Professional Cricketers' Trust. And you can be there as well and you can ask him a direct question as well because he's sort of leaving his Somerset roots to to be full-time with England shortly. So join us in the virtual cricket club, world'sbestcricketclub.com, in aid of the Professional Cricketers' Trust. That's tonight at 7pm. Join us because I think that'll be really fascinating and we'll be reviewing tomorrow's play the second day of this final test match in Ahmedabad at this
1: time as well. So I hope you can join us for one or both of those. Thanks for listening. Thanks very much for listening. Join us later. Join us tomorrow. Bye for now.